Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. This series is um, we Where I've Been. Look at your neighbor and say, you don't know where I've been. Yeah, y'all said that hesitantly, like... You know, I feel like uh, on this topic, you either look at it, you, we kind of look at it in multiple different ways. It's either, you don't know where I've been, like in the, in the sewers, like the dirty places. And then there's the other aspect, like, oh, you don't know where I've been. I've been through some stuff. I've had some experiences. Like, I've, uh, like my life has been altered through where I've been. And I want, to, I want us to start with this question. What causes a plant to thrive or wither? What causes a plant to either thrive or wither? And I want to share a little bit about where I've been in the last couple months. For me, I've actually kind of grown this new passion for plants and gardening. And it's been kind of building for a minute now to where I had months ago started looking up because to be honest I have no idea about anything with gardening or green thumbs I just like assume I would kill everything and I I started researching all all this stuff about plants and gardening and what they need how to do the soil what if the, what's over watering I've, I learned that uh, how roots rot if the water doesn't drain I was like I thought they liked that stuff it was like in moderation yeah <laughs> And uh, I've learned so many different things about planting, and I've been like building up like to this point to where all my family is like, "You're just all talk, Homer. You're never gonna plant anything." They're not really like that, but <laughs> but they started becoming like like oh like rolling of the eyes because I'm looking at this new video about gardening, and I'm I I even picked up this old filing cabinet on the side of the road uh, because. And my wife was like, why? And I was like, well, look, if we turn it on its side and fill it with soil, this is a perfect, beautiful potter once it's restored and repurposed. And she's like, have you been on Pinterest? I was like, I don't even need Pinterest for that. I just have vision, okay? <laughs> and, uh, and then I got on, then she gave me the idea. So I got on Pinterest <laughs> and I saw people doing the exact same things I had been inspired to do. I was like, see, that's God. And, <laughs> and, uh, I want to say that like I've been I started this process without really knowing how I was going to do it lately. So I've been like I said I've been building up this like anticipation to start planting, right? But just haven't had the resources to do it. I mean, soil costs money, potters, pots and things to plant plants in cost money and I was I was like I just don't know if I don't I'm not ready. I don't have the resources. But I just got, I was just feeling so inspired the other day. I said, now is the time. Today is a day of salvation, right? So today is a day for, for planting season. I just felt it with the new year. And so I got some jalapenos. And I, I know, I've always pronounced my whole life jalapenos, jalapenos. But I just feel like it sounds funnier saying jalapenos. So I want you to just know that. Um, so I, I got some jalapenos. And what my, my, uh, my dream is to plant the, have like my own little garden of vegetables to where it supplies my salsa. Okay. I, I just, 
I love chips and salsa, so why not just get it out? Instead of living off the man, why don't I just make it myself? And so I went through this, this, this thought. It's like, well, I, if I keep waiting, I, just, I feel like I'll never get to plant. I don't have the potters. I don't have everything else that I need to officially plant, but I just feel like I need to get started. And so I, and it all happened when I was slicing and dicing some jalapenos. <laughs> and I was like, well, shoot, there's all these seeds here. All these seeds that have potential not normally just throw away. And so right at that moment, on the, on the whim, I got all those seeds and I put them to the side and I put them in a napkin and I damped the napkin, put it on a plate and put it on the, the countertop. Now you might be thinking, well, Homer, why did, why did you do that? That's probably what all my, my kids and my wife were thinking too when they saw it and they're like, wow, he's really lost it this new year. Like this, <laughs> he, the church has just stressed him out too much. <laughs> Well, what I did that for was because I'm leaving those seeds in that napkin damp with you know moisture so that the seeds can germinate. And once they germinate for four days, what happens is it's so much better to be planted in soil that it has more likelihood to grow because the, the germination process already started on the seeds. You get what I'm saying? And you're like, oh... Wow, he's not so crazy after all. Well, I couldn't stop there. All of a sudden, I was like, man, we've been good. During the Daniel fast, we were going through avocados like crazy. <laughs> and so I told my wife, like, hey, don't you dare throw away the avocado seed. Give it to me. And so I got like four avocado seeds now. My kids are really, uh, maybe y'all think I'm crazy too. Every jar <laughs> that you normally throw away, I've been keeping like, you know, you get those jars at H-E-B for minced garlic. Keep them. I can use those. Salsa jar. What are you doing throwing that away? You crazy? Keep all those. And what I did, I'm, I don't have any toothpicks at home, believe it or not. And so I got paper clips, and I stuck them in the sides of the avocado seeds and put them right above the water so that in, the, in four to eight weeks, the germination process will start on them, and you'll start to see little roots grow out out the bottom and you can plant the avocado seed and it'll turn into a little tree most avocado seeds don't always bear fruit unless they're like really conditioned for it but some might over a long period of time so i got like four avocado trees going on because more likelihood to bear fruit is if i plant a bunch of them and and i have now five like five different things that are are in the process to be planted, but nothing to plant them in, right? So it's like, man, what's going to happen? Well, I had two spare pots, and I really was thinking originally, well, this will be for the jalapenos. This will be for one of the avocado seeds. But then I just got so excited that I, I planted some strawberries instead. Because who doesn't want strawberries growing in their backyard, right? And then, uh, what was the other thing I planted, Edward? Oh, a tomato. <laughs> I, I, all I did was get, you get a slice of tomato with the seeds and all that, and you just put that right a little bit under the soil and cover it up. And because it's so moist, the seeds will germinate on their own. Um, you don't like that word, moist? I'll try, I'll, I'll try to refrain from using that word the rest of this session. Um, 
So anyway, now those pots are used up, right? Uh, what am I going to do with these jalapenos? They're going to be ready in just like a day or two. And these avocado seeds, they're like ticking time bombs. Not to mention all the other things I wanted to plant, like bell peppers, garlic, and etc. Well, we went to H-E-B last night. And would you believe that potters that usually cost like $6? Big ones, like 12-inch ones. 12 to 14 inch or something? I don't know. Anyway, they were on sale for $1.50. Is that not God? And so I got like six of those. <laughs> and then I was like, well, shoot. Like, I needed to plant some petunias and stuff too. I mean, I'm not trying to just use these plants. I wanted them to just be blessed. And so I got like three more of the smaller ones, the little six inch ones, because they were on sale for 49 cents. I know. Is that not the Lord? And not to mention all the, the cilantro that I want to plant, the, the parsley and etc. You're looking at me like, wow, like you really did lose it. <laughs> like, dang. And I'm sharing all of this. You're like, I really don't understand what we're talking about today. <laughs> I'm sharing all this because I feel like this process about plants is really similar to people. I mean, how many times have you started something because you just knew it was, it just was right, and it didn't necessarily make sense of why you would start now without being fully prepared, but what happens is somehow everything works out. Mm-hmm. It's like God sends something to where you had that unction like to apply for that job or to, to move here or to do this, and it's like, man, I think this isn't going to work out. This is going to be a waste of time, and in the last minute, God provides a a way for it to all work out. And when it comes to these plants, what I've really learned is that plants either thrive or wilt based on their surroundings. That their surroundings cause them to either grow or die. And there's so many intricate details about plants and their surroundings that can cause even maybe not to die, but for it to suffer unnecessarily. And see, now you guys are starting to get the connection of how it can really relate to people. And I want to share not only about this new passion for plants I have, but even this 21-day fast that we had. I I shared a little bit with you guys, but I want to be fully transparent. I was fasting for God to soften my heart. It's really fasting for God to soften my heart. Because I had become jaded over the years. I'd become jaded, not, not just in San Antonio, but before. And in in kind of a, ever since I gave my life to Christ, I felt like it was a, a process of being in a place of surroundings that made me more jaded. That I feel like the, the surroundings were almost rough to where I was getting some thorns to protect myself. Y'all know what I'm trying to say? And for me, I, I got to a point where I realized that I didn't, from the, when I first gave my life to Christ, I, before I was a very mean person. I was a bitter person. I was a, a hurtful person. And I was a hurt person. And I knew that even though I had become rough around the edges, which is kind of like our culture at Gravetop, right? But I got into a point to where 
I would even push others away so that I wouldn't have to deal with them hurting me. Y'all know what I'm saying? And that's, a, that's what plants do out of survival. They grow thorns to protect themselves from being eaten. And during this fast, I really felt God softening my heart. I really felt God. It's not that I hadn't released things or forgiven people. It's just when you're in a place that is so uh, dry or the soil is, is so hard to find moisture, you end up just becoming so independent of yourself to where it doesn't matter about, you don't care about the plants around you. You know that no one else is going to take care of you except you. And so you just start, you start developing this, this type of behavior and this type of attitude. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And I knew that that wasn't the heart that God wanted me to have. And so this whole fast, I, I was just really praying and seeking God because I knew that there was different fruits in my life that God wanted me to have instead of the fruits I was having. The fruits I was eating were, were, were hard to chew, even, even bitter to chew. They were sour in some areas of my life and, and the way that I would feel. And I knew that there was fruit that God wanted me to experience that was sweet. I feel like a lot of us gone through some times to where it seems like everything that is coming out of our life seems like sour. And you're just waiting like, can't I just eat something sweet for once? And man, it's so difficult when we look at our surroundings sometimes. Because most people are so heavy on their ideas about you, about the way that they think you should respond. It's like when someone's going through some, something, the most common thing someone would tell you at church is, well, just trust God. I hate that response. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason is, it's like, the reason I hate it so much is because it's, a, it's almost like a deflection of the raw emotion that I'm actually feeling. It's like, well, that sounds really ugly, like, and I don't know how to help you, and you need to just trust God. And I want you to know that when it comes to determining your, your health as a plant, as a person, a lot of it has to do with our surroundings. And Plants and people are so similar. And what I've found is that our surroundings determine our health and growth. And there's so many times that we are in a toxic soil in some area of our life, and it is not helping us. It's hurting us. And if we don't uproot ourselves and move to, the, to a better soil, to a better surroundings, then we're going to wilt. Like, it's going to hurt. It's going to continue to hurt, and you're going to continue to wilt. I remember I had, uh, not too long ago, I had someone uh, tell me that I looked really tired. And they had thought that it was because I do so much in church and ministry and my jobs. Um, and so they, they told me, you're just really tired, man. You're, and you know what? I don't think you can be, uh, I don't think anyone can teach you that you're, 
Um, you're, uh, you can't be led. And I was just waiting for you to crash and burn. And I was like, okay, <laughs> God bless you. And they didn't realize that I was actually just really tired because my daughters wake up at 4 and 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> and even last night, um, I slept on the floor of my daughter's room with my hand through the little crib <laughs> on her hand from 12 to 5.30 in the morning because she couldn't sleep without someone there. She's going through this little regression. And even though part of me is like, girl, you're going to have to cry all night then. <laughs> There's another part of me is like, well, I don't, you know, I'm going to not be able to sleep all night either. <laughs> and I just go in there and I don't spank her anymore. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> and I just lay her down and I just tell her it's going to be okay. And I put my hand there. And even though it's real sweet and stuff, it's exhausting. And then getting up at 5.30 when she wants to get up and and that's like you're still a parent. Like your kids can't just go back to sleep sometimes. And so that's why I was like, this person didn't have the perspective of why I was actually so tired, why I was so exhausted. And their reaction was, well, you're going to just crash and burn. It's because you, you're, you're, trying, you're, over, you're trying to overachieve. You're being a tryhard. And what they didn't realize, that I had already crashed and burned years before. And that when he said that, when this person told me that I'm going to just let them crash and burn, that's what others thought about me before too, when I actually did. But what, in my situation, when I was crashing and burning, I was having suicidal thoughts. I was going through deep depression. I was hurting so much on the inside. And I felt so alone. And I actually told somebody, an authority figure in, in my life, in, in ministry that I was involved in, I told him about the suicidal thoughts I was having. I told him about the deep depression and loneliness I was feeling. And that I was killing myself trying to make everything work, even though it wasn't feeling like it was working. And they told me not to tell anybody else about it. And then they never talked to me about it again. And see, so often we look at people and we assume that we know all the answers for them, even though we can't figure out any of the answers for ourselves. And when we talk so critically of others, do you think this person when you said, well, I'm going to just let them crash and burn. What if I committed suicide like so many other pastors have? Is that, do you feel so confident and prideful to say something so rough to somebody else when you actually see the possibilities of what could happen? Y'all know what I'm talking about? And I want to share with y'all this verse in Luke chapter 13, verse 6 through 9. This is Jesus giving a parable, and it says, and this is the NIV version, because I like how it sounds better. Then he told this parable, a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but he did not find any. For he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. I'll dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. In the NLT, it says, I'll give this, this tree special attention. Let me give it special attention one more year. And 
the reason I find this verse very moving is because the farm the the man who owned the vineyard is like those people that are by the side is like well just cut it down they don't know what they're doing just they, they need to just get fired you need to just uh, talk to them they need to just be yelled at <laughs> they just need to get beat up one time <laughs> and and we can be like that to where you just want to cut it down and we don't see how long it actually took to grow those roots we don't see how long it actually took to get where it was at today. And when we think about where we've been, we know without a doubt that where we are now has been defined through, because of what we've had to go through. And there's some times where even though we've been working and striving, we're not getting the sweet fruit that we really want. And when it comes to growth, it is in the garden that we're at. It is in the garden we're at. And there's times in our lives where we need special attention. I was talking to a young person the other day that I'm mentoring. And I was telling them about, because they were he was talking about these different conflicts he was having in this group he was a part of. And that there's all this unexpected drama. And... He talked about one person within this group that um, that just didn't fit in. And I knew the person, and I knew that this person was socially awkward. And y'all all know a person like that, right? They're like, yeah, he's talking right now, actually. <laughs> There's always a person that's socially awkward. And, and yet, it's like everyone knows it, but no one says anything. And it got to a point where, like, everyone just started making fun of this guy within this group. Which is a common thing that happens when someone's socially awkward. They started just, like, making fun of it and thinking, like, well, he doesn't get it because he doesn't understand, you know, the way social society works. He doesn't know how to communicate well. And thought, just think that he's too dumb to get it. And they're wondering why he was wondering why there's so much drama in his his group, and why things he was so surprised by. Is like, well, it's because y'all don't know how to care for each other. Y'all don't know how to give special attention to people who need special attention. We have so many different mindsets in our our culture, and we think that everyone needs to be treated the same. Is that true? Do we not need to treat people that have handicaps with with a handicap and some people have social handicaps and we shouldn't just write them off like well they just need to get it because that's how the real world is that's not fair if they don't get it we we should we should be of ourselves if we get it so much if we're so smart then we should be able to be uh, be able to articulate in a way to help this person that doesn't get it so that they can still be part of a group. Because if they can't fit into our group, where else are they going to go? Y'all know what I'm saying? But because we have this mindset that we, don't, that we don't have to give any special attention to anybody, we're like this farmer that says, well, just chop it down and throw them out. Mm-hmm. I can't help that they're depressed. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not really the way that God shows us how to behave. And I want you to think about yourself for a moment. 
And I want you to think about where you're planted. And I hope that you feel well planted in, in our church. But I want you to think of where you're planted in other places too. Even think about your family. I'm not saying like go like, uh, what is it called uh, when you like disown your family? I forget the word. Kids can do it. Run away. Emancipate. Yeah, I'm not saying that emancipate your family. Hey, Julian, why, why'd you say run away so fast? Chill out. <laughs> you need to chill out. <laughs> You're grounded. Um, so, I'm not, when I'm saying, you know, look at your surroundings and I'm telling you look at your family, I'm not trying to tell you to disown your family right away. Just let me finish. But look about your surroundings, your family, your friends, co workers, your workplace. You're, you're, the groups that you're in, that you socialize, that you have fun with, whatever. And I want you to really think for a moment if, tho- if those places are healthy for you. Are those places really growing you or stunting you? Or even worse, killing you? And if... If any of the surroundings are having a negative impact on your emotional state, there has to be some type of confrontation that you need to make. A lot of times we, we disown our emotions. God has made us a three-in-one person. Just like I said, he leaves the Trinity fingerprint everywhere. He's made us physical beings, emotional beings, and spiritual beings. And if any one of those are lacking, you feel it everywhere. There's been times where I've been like, I felt so depressed. I'm like, man, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't even know how I'm going to make it till the end of the day. My gosh, like this is so hard. I'm so stressed out. I feel horrible. And then I get a good night's rest. And the next day I'm like, you know, actually it's not that bad. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about? And see, that's how powerful your physical state is. To where it affects your emotions so much. I mean, if you're just hungry once, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Man, I, anyone else can get hangry? Okay, everyone here then. I know y'all didn't even raise your hand, but I already know. I've seen you. <laughs> That's why we have snacks in the mornings. <laughs> Amen. But see how just one little physical depletion affects your emotional state? Well, how, we don't really make that connection with our emotional state sometimes. And we're wondering why we can't really make this connection with God. Why is our spiritual life suffering so much? Why is it so hard for me to read the Bible? Why is it so hard for me to pray and really connect with God? Well, sometimes it might just be that we're tired and all that too. But sometimes it's because our emotional state is so jacked up where we're at. We are so depleted of energy that we can't bring ourselves before God. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And there's... There's sometimes where your surroundings are just suffocating you and killing you. And there's moments where you have to really confront the the soil around you or the other plants around you and say like, "Hey, like this is like this isn't working. I I I don't like how you treat me. I don't like how you you say this. I don't like XYZ. Like something's going to have to give cuz I can't really take it anymore." And see, having a confrontational conversation intimidates us. But the reason I'm saying that you need to have that, because sometimes it's able to be fixed. 
just like this special attention that this this farmer is saying, let, let me just let me talk to them real quick. Maybe we can work this out before you just kill the relationship. Y'all know what I'm saying? And there's other times where after the talk, there's there's a moment where you have to uproot. And uprooting is one of the hardest things you can do because just like a plant, you go into shock. You don't feel the same. Everything's different. You have to get used to your new surroundings. That's why when even like when people come to our church, there's conversations I've had with people when they tell me like, hey, we're going to go to a we're going to really go to another church. And, you know, for whatever reason, and I warn them like, hey, you have freedom to go wherever you want, feel where you feel connect, go where you feel connected. But just know that you're going to go through shock. It's, you're not going to, you're going to go to a new church and you're not going to know everybody. You're not going to have people greet you. You're not going to have just the normal com- conversations you have, the normal connections you have here, you're not going to have. And I've had people after leaving church to do- go to another church tell me like, yeah, it's actually been really hard. You were right. Even when they were ready to go. And you got to know, I, and the reason I'm sharing this with you is because I'm telling you that you need to have conversations and there's times where you need to actually uproot. And I want you to know it's not easy. It is not, it is not easy to have a difficult conversation with somebody. But if you continue to, to tell yourself that you can just take it, I'll just take it. It's, it's fine. Like It doesn't matter. Like I, I, I can be upset. I can be neglected. It's okay. I'll just deal with it. You cannot deal with that forever. Anyone that's, that has been in a relationship, especially if you're married, it's a common mistake that, that uh, guys do. They say, well, I just, won't share my, I just won't share how I feel because I don't want to have to talk about it. I just won't share my emotions because I just feel like we're going to argue more. And so we say, I'm going to just hold it in. You can do that for a couple years, but eventually you're going to blow up because... No matter how much you try to hide mold, it will eventually kill you. And that's what these that's what these things are in the soil, is this like a decaying mold around your roots. And if you don't address it, it will suffocate you. Even though it's hard, you gotta do it. Now let me be clear that I'm not telling any marriages to uproot. <laughs> I'm not advocating that. Um um, but a really clear sign of needing to have a, com- a conversation or needing to uproot is if you can honestly say that you're celebrated or if you think you're really just being tolerated. Y'all know the difference? When you're being celebrated, it is an amazing place to be. You never want to leave that place. But the minute you're in a place where you're just tolerated, you never really feel like you fit in. It's like that puzzle piece that just doesn't work, but it's like, well, it could, but it doesn't fit. And so it's irritating to push through even though it doesn't belong there. And that's what it's like when you're just tolerated somewhere. And from experience, guys, I've put up with being tolerated a long time. And the minute that I finally made the move, it was like, it's night and day. And I think like, man, why did I wait so Oh my gosh. 
Like people actually, there's people that actually like me. I didn't even, after a while, you start to believe it's not true. <laughs> after a while, you start believing that, that you don't fit in anywhere. That no one likes you. That people just put up with you. But when you go to a place, there are people that actually like you guys. There's people that, that want to celebrate you. They see the best in you. And it is so much healthier to be in a place like that. The world is a lot bigger than we think. There's more than one backyard to be planted in. Y'all feel what I'm saying? So, the other thing about finding growth in your garden, finding growth in your surroundings, is I'm telling you one thing, that your surroundings really determine a lot of your inner emotional state, your well-being, and it affects you spiritually. It affects you physically. But there's also an ability that we have within ourselves to give special attention that we need to ourselves. And that's a great part about God giving us free will, creativity, and minds, is that we have the ability to give ourselves that special attention sometimes, to be imparted to. We can water ourselves. We can put ourselves near a water source. You know, thank God that we are not literally plants that can't move unless someone else moves us. That we have the decision to. That we can uproot, transplant. We can even check for pests within ourselves, around ourselves. That we can fertilize ourselves. That we can prune. That we can cut. See, there's so many symbolic things to plants that apply to us. And it, it is so, it's so important to understand what it is you need in your life. A lot of times we just think we're just, we're just sad. No, there's actually something that's making us sad. And you got to learn how to diagnose yourself as a gardener. Well, wh where is this really coming? Is it a root or is it just like a parasite on my leaf? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying? Is it some way back to my childhood or is it something right now for this coworker that I work with? Is it just something I'm going through right now? Is it, is it something real deep or is it me being in the sun too long? Y'all get what I'm getting, saying here? And, and especially when it comes to watering ourselves, sometimes we, if we're not in the right surroundings, there's, we have to water ourselves a lot. But there's, when I'm talking about surroundings, you can plant yourself in a, a, near a place of water where you are naturally... Uh, supplied with water. Y'all know what I'm saying? You're naturally nourished with that group of people. You know, for me, our church, I am nourished by you guys. I, I don't want to, if, if someone offered me a full-time pastor job somewhere else, I wouldn't take it. <laughs> but the reason is because I love the source of water that I'm in nearby right now. And I know that if I probably go to another church, I'm going to be shocked and I'm going to probably have to water myself. I finally found a place I fit in and it was like the, the soil was already ready for me. And you have to find places that, that give you a natural watering. Sometimes it's not always possible. Like with your workplace, you can't always just find a job that naturally waters you, right? You have to water yourself. But whenever you do, man, isn't it amazing? It's like people dream like, man, if I could actually love what I do, man, that would be, 
That would be awesome. But w- look at what you are able to do. When I'm talking about checking for pests, you know, there's, there's sometimes it's things that just drain us or that, that are just hurting us. And it's just not healthy to continue to allow it to be there. It, and sometimes it is a person that is just like really taking you places that you shouldn't be going. And it's, they, that person is more of a pest than, something, than a fertilizer to you. They're eating you up and taking away the life that you have within you rather than actually nourishing you. See, it's hard when you have to start deciding who are actually really good friends in your life. And even for me, I've, had, I've been going through this season to where I'm like realizing, man, like the friends I, I used to have are, are not as, as fertilizer for me anymore. They're not, they're not really nourishing me. I really feel drained after talking to them, after hanging out with them. And when you realize that, I could either just like consider, well, you know, we've been through a lot together. You know, I know that it's hard to say and it, it sounds even mean at first but you can still appreciate experiences that you've had with people and when it the when the soil was good but still realize that you have to go to another soil because it's not it's not causing you to live anymore it's decaying you and we outgrow people sometimes and it's a it's a hard reality but it's a healthy one to accept because people go years and years in a stunted friendship out of loyalty. And even though loyalty is good and you can still be loyal from afar, you can't let that stop you from, from being a healthy person emotionally, spiritually, physically. Y'all know what I'm saying? The other thing that, that the last thing I want to say about this growth within ourselves. And we're talking about our surroundings. We're talking about our ability to change our surroundings, our, our ability to spray some anti-pesticides, our ability to water ourselves or go to water sources to prune, to cut. There's also seasons that alter your fruit and yield. And just like plants, they go through seasons where it's just not a season of fruitfulness. And that's a normal part of life there's other plants that give fruit all year round and i think this is an area that a lot of people get confused with especially as christians it because we always want to find a balance to things how many of y'all ever held how many self-help talks have you heard about like you just need to find balance you just need to find balance balance is not real (laughs) There, there's small parts of our lives that can actually find balance. But there's, it's nearly impossible to balance our entire lives. Even just with working out. Me and my wife, I love that we, now that we've been putting our girls down to sleep at night, they sleep till like 9, 30, 10. So we have like an hour or two hours that we now start going to the gym together. I love being able to hang out with my wife by just going like that. And we have like a pretty like normal schedule to where we go four times a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I mean, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Like what gym y'all go to? I'm going to get y'all's workout routine. <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, but even, even though we committed to this simple schedule of exercise, right? 
someone gets sick, our daughters get sick. We we weren't able to go for like almost two weeks. It, I get if I get sick, I can't go. It oh someone needs a someone needs a meet. Oh, I can't go then. You see how like how quick that balance is thrown off. And there's literally times like we just now entered the season where we're able to do this for nearly two years. We were in a season to where we couldn't do this together. But normal, like, you know, self, self-help self talks like, well, you just got to make it happen. It's like a, that one time I remember uh, when we, I think it was last year when we did the 21-day fast. Mary-Kate was being very transparent in our, in our group and said, man, I just, I'll be honest with you guys. It's been really hard for me um, waking up with the girls, uh, with my, my kids and I just really been struggling to to keep up with the readings. And when I saw that, I was like, "Dang, I relate." <laughs> like, <laughs> Amen. And then someone got on there and said, and they were a single person without without kids, and said, "Well, you just need to wake up 15 minutes earlier each day to plan your day." And <laughs> and like it sounds so good on paper, right? <laughs> and I knew right away. I I I knew right away that that was just like like. Disneyland. <laughs> like, like when you only get four hours of sleep, you're like, well, just wake up 15 minutes early. It's like, you go to hell. Bam! <laughs> like, like, at the moment, y'all know what I mean? Like, not really going to shoot someone in the face and say go to hell. Like, uh, But that's why you feel, right? Because it is, just that 15 minutes is incredibly difficult when you have kids and you're not getting any sleep and you're working full time. And you're trying to juggle everything else. Y'all know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and so that's, that's the point I'm making is that there's sometimes you just can't find balance in things. And it is a lot easier on your emotional state to realize that you're in a winter season. To where it's, there's not going to be a lot of fruitfulness. Because you are so exhausted by just staying alive. <laughs> You're, ex- you're exhausted. Your soil is dried up and you're not able to do X, Y, Z because this, the soil is not ready for you to bear fruit. The weather is inclement. It's not good for you to try to bear fruit right now. And if you try to go against those seasons, you notice how incredibly exhausting it is. And you end up making a lot of decisions that are bad decisions because you're trying to still find balance and you end up uprooting when you didn't need to uproot a lot of people do that not recognizing that it's a season that they're in like well maybe i just need to stop doing all of this and it's almost like i feel like when you get kids it's like you get to this new realization like i just need to stop parenting one day like really that's what we need right mary kate (laughs) i just need to stop parenting for like like just a week and i'll be able to get all my crap together like that's just not a possibility because that's not a real season the season, it, no matter how much we try, the season that we're in is parenting. And for me, with two new babies, this is not the best time for me to try to start writing a book. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying? You're like, you're writing a book? You're like, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, just wake up 15 minutes early and work on your book, yeah. book every day. It's just, it's, it, it is so not in the season that I'm in. Even spiritually, I have... I love being able to spend a lot of time in prayer and worship. I, it just it nourishes me and it makes me feel so much more well-equipped for church. But 
compared to the way I used to worship and pray before my kids, it is extremely different. I have to get really creative on how I pray and worship now. I pray a lot in the shower. My, my wife's like, why do you take such long showers? Like, I think my moment with God. <laughs> this is a moment alone. Like, <laughs> like, when I drive, I don't even put on the radio. I use that time to worship. You know, like, it, it, I have to get so much more creative because of the season that I'm in. And that's really what you have to do is recognize your season and get creative. And don't be so frustrated with yourself. Give yourself some grace, understanding like this is just not the season for that. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It, you know, even when it comes like I know that we have a lot of college students. There's times where like I, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not really an advocate for school or against school. Like that's really your own decision. That's between you and God and your future. But you have to recognize there's so many kids I see that kill themselves because like it's just well I just have to push through like like you know my my grandma just died but I just gotta still go to school and like they they're going through so many things and it's hard to decide whether it's a season to hold back or to push forward but you got to look at your season and and see what what really is going to work for you so that you don't dry up your roots there's uh, there's kids that I know when I was a youth pastor and even now where their parents wanted to set the example by going back to school and they start going to college. And so for the whole four years of high school, their parents were always studying and going and doing college work. And they have this animosity towards their mom or dad because now they're always studying and preparing for school and they don't have a parent anymore. And then the parents talking to me saying, well, I don't know what to do. I'm trying to set the right example. And, and they're just always upset with me. And they even said, all you want to do is study. Well, I have to. And there's this disconnect and not realizing that those last four years of high school are the only four years of high school, that, unless like they fail, right? But <laughs> those are the last four years of high school that they're ever going to have in their life. And after that, most kids are... Well, not generations are different, but some kids are going to move out and they're never going to be home like that again. And so they, they in a sense, and out of season went back to school in or, when they should have just been a parent for their kid. They're wondering, why is my teenager going out like when they never used to do this before? It's because they, they don't have the parenting like they used to. And they're wondering, why is this so exhausting now as teenagers? It's it's really because we try to do things out of season. I know I'm really spending a, 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 an extra lot of time on this idea about seasons and balance, but really it's because I'm trying to over-explain it so that you guys really catch this idea. There are seasons that we go through. There are seasons that we go through. There are seasons that we go through, and if you try to get the fruit, certain fruit out of season, it's not going to work. Like I said, there's some things you can that bear fruit all year round, but most plants they work in seasons. And if you look back at your own life and your time lapse, can you not see seasons where it's like things went really good and things just got really bad? <laughs> things went really good and things went really bad. Those are seasons. And I thank God for when you start feeling the difference in weather. It's like, man, I think I'm about to enter a good season. And it helps you to really prepare for it, to where you're not surprised by a good harvest. 
Y'all know what I'm talking about? So going on, I, I want to finish up here. And I want to share this last, last scripture in John chapter 15, verse 1 through 11. Notice I'm using like a lot of plant analogies in these scriptures. This is Jesus talking, says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and the prunes, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love when you obey my commandments. You remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Amen. You know, with these verses, what a lot of us focus on originally is, I don't want to be thrown into a fire. <laughs> the branches will be gathered to be burned. Like That's usually what we... We catch out of it because a lot of our culture and church history has been the condemning God. But what does the end of this verse say? It says, yes, your joy will overflow. That doesn't sound like we're going to be burned. It doesn't sound like God is just this gardener. I, with, honestly, like I know I'm just like a novice gardener. But like when I'm planting, I'm like, you're going to grow up and be a great big old strawberry bush. Like, <laughs> and when whenever a plant... Like I, I go through our other plants that we already have and I like clip the, the leaves that are dead and I, and I throw them away. I'm not sitting, I'm not clipping the leaves like, you stupid, ignorant plant. I told you to grow. What did you think you were doing? But I, my heart, I'm telling you guys, my heart literally hurts. I'm like, oh, this poor little guy. Like you could have made it. Like what, what did I do wrong? Like what? And I look at these little parts of the plant as, as, these things that I had so much hope for. And the reason that I cut it off is because these things aren't, this dead leaf isn't beneficial for the whole plant anymore. And when Jesus is talking like this, it's not this vengeful talk, but he's trying to illustrate like a gardener. And, and he's talking about remain in me because I want you to bear fruit. And he's, he's even saying like giving an analogy of these vines and these uh, of grapes and grapes are always usually used as an analogy to joy in the Bible because it associates with wine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so every time it says that he's going to cover us with oil and wine, what he's saying is I'm going to cover you with an anointing with spirit and joy. And us as Christians, God wants us to be joyful. He wants us to be healthy. And when he's talking about bearing fruit, 
He's saying, you will bear much fruit if you remain in me. And I want you to think of the different uh, applications of what fruit might be. You know, there's, there's a lot of different contexts to what is really fruitfulness as a Christian. There's one, uh, one type of fruitfulness is righteous living. Another type of fruitfulness is bringing others to Christ. You being a Christian and bringing other people to become Christians. And then there's another fruitfulness of, of actual emotions, of joy, peace, goodness, self-control. Those are all fruits of the Holy Spirit. And so these three applications of fruit is what Jesus is talking about. And so when he's saying that, I want you, that you will produce much fruit... When we abide in God, what does abide mean? It means to literally just be planted in God throughout our day. To where when we're going places, we're, we're t- taking a, a mindset of us walking with God, conversating with Him. And prayer, it, it, the way that Scripture almost describes prayer is that it's not just like a, you know, it doesn't have to be just a closed door occasion. But prayer is like a lifestyle to where you're walking with God on a relational basis. And when we abide in in the presence of God, now let's go a step further. What I love about worship is that it is so simple. I love that I can literally just put on a worship song. I don't even... As a pastor, I really don't have like the newest worship songs. You're like, I could tell by the worship playlist. Lauren does a worship playlist now, so I hope it's been beneficial for y'all. They're like, you're doing the same six songs every Sunday. <laughs> um, but I, what I love about it is that I could just literally turn on a song and just, in my, just right there, just start worshiping God and praising Him and enter in this presence to where like I feel the presence of God over me. I feel peace. I feel goodness. And when we, when we look at God like that as, a, as an available source of nourishment to us, it, like he, he does everything we need in that presence. He waters us. He gives us the sunlight we need. He, give, he gives us anti-pesticides. You know, He really does all at once when we simply go into the presence of God. And what's, what's interesting is that when it comes to this fruitfulness that we're going going about. You know, I love, you know, like I told y'all, how I'm planting my jalapenos. I took them from another jalapeno. <laughs> You're like, I can't take you seriously saying jalapeno like that. Um, I took them from other jalapenos. And that is, a, that is a perfect reflection of how we share the message of Christ to others. And they bear their own fruit. I, it's it's so amazing to know that you are literally a fruit yourself and that what you do in your life, it brings about other fruit. It brings about other seeds to grow. And some seeds, they the Bible gives so much analogies about seeds and the, the four different paths that seeds can be planted on. And that one, the, the soil was too shallow and so the seeds didn't grow and one the the seeds were picked up by ravens and the other got choked up by thorns but there's a seed that grows and it grows in good soil and it reaps a harvest of 30 60 and 100 fold jesus was talking about the message of god to others 
even though that that is usually talked about for the offering call, like, that he was talking specifically about the message of God in people's lives. And we are fruits within ourselves and we are ambassadors of Christ. We should always be looking to invite someone to church, to tell, to pray for somebody, to show someone the love of God. It's not always just, it's, it's not even just going up to a stranger and saying, hey, do you know Jesus? Most people know who Jesus is in America. Like, it, and it's, it takes so much more than that. You, you have to really articulate the love of God to somebody and show that you actually can care about somebody for them to ever care about what you know. And, and so I'm, all the, when it comes to the, the fruits of, of joy and peace, honestly, guys, during this fast especially, whenever I didn't have that time in God's presence, I would feel those fruits of joy leave. I would feel that peace leave. And, but then when you go back into that presence, like all that fruit comes up. And isn't it funny that Sunday church lasts you a couple days? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like there's a little church high that we get. And it's like, man, I feel all like I got like a message in. Like that was good. Like Homer did all right this Sunday. And <laughs> like worship was good. And it like lasts a couple days. But then near the end of the week, you're like, getting all irritated, easily irritated, and you're tired. And y'all see how that fruit only lasts so long before you have to go get that fruit again. And it only happens when we abide in Christ. You know, I'll end with this thought. And it's the idea that when you, when a seed grows into a plant, first it dies to itself. Isn't that interesting? In order for a seed that seems almost like not even, there's how can you look at a little pebble without any information about how plants work how can you look at something that looks like a pebble and say that it will turn into this fruit bearing tree it's insane it's like well how could it ever do that well if it's planted in the right place and nourished it will grow so much beyond what you see it as and that's what we are like in our lives we're these, these almost like specks in the world that most people don't see any potential in. We're just these little pebbles thrown about. But when we're planted in the right spot, when we're nourished, and when we start to learn this life of Christ especially, it's like the moment that it's no longer about us but about finding Jesus, we start to really grow. And it takes it almost a, this death to self, death to our, our concerns about, well, I'm not going to be able to do this or that anymore. Just die to yourself a little bit and think and just ponder on Christ and you will be surprised on how much you actually grow to where you no longer need the things that you used to need. And there is when I want you to imagine yourself even growing just the little roots are what start. And that's us like just getting started going to church, like trying to dabble about this whole God thing. There's a little roots. But all of a sudden there's a point where we have to push through the soil and because and, we need something more. And I feel like that's where a lot of us are in our spiritual lives. Is that there's part of us that needs something more. And it, it just kind of like feels irritating almost, like uncomfortable. Like, why can't I, I just feel like I can't get that? And what, what that stage is, is pushing through all the soil 
and trying to stem out and finding the warmth of God, finding the warmth of the sun to shine on us. And this is an area where a lot of Christians give up because it feels like, well, I, when I first got planted, I felt something. Those are the roots just really growing and sprouting. I felt something, but now I feel kind of cold. I feel like it's not the same like when I first started going. You just need to push through, continue to push through the top, push through the soil, push through the rocks. And if you just find that little bit of breakthrough to the sun, I'm telling you, there's a warmth. There's a warmth of God that covers you, a light that empowers you. And it's like even the trees know to grow upwards to the sun, just like our hands like naturally in worship just want to be lifted towards God. It, it is so symbolic. And there's when you really get that breakthrough, I really believe it's so hard to lose it once you find the sun. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so I want us to all close our, uh, close our eyes and bow our heads. And I want you to have a, a moment of thought right now. A deep thought. And I want you to think about what stage are you in? What stage are you in right now? Are you just planted in the soil? Are you in that spot where you need breakthrough? Have you realized that you need to be transplanted in some areas? Are you thinking about your where your source is? Whatever it is, I I want you to just get where you're at. And I want you to look at the solution now. The solution to your wilting. The solution to the decay. What, what you've been going through. That solution is in the presence of God. It truly is. I don't know how many stories I've heard that were just simply miracles of someone telling me it's not going to work out. Everything I worked for, everything I was hoping for, it's not going to work out. And them just going to the presence of God and somehow just being in the presence of God not only changes something within them, but it changes even everything around them to where something that was hopeless becomes something fulfilled. Something that you thought was dead becomes alive. And so I want you to just have a moment with God, a prayer with God. Where you're at to yourself. And I want you to think deeply about who He is to you right now. Now I want you to think about who you want Him to be for you. God, I pray right now for every person here, for your spirit to really just awaken that, that growth with inside them. And I pray that you just move about by your Holy Spirit and you finish what you started and that you cause these people to see the fruitfulness of Christ in their lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would even change the seasons for others that have been going through a dry season to where they feel so burnt out. They feel like they haven't had any nourishment. 
and that they haven't had any growth and they just feel so dry and tired. I pray that you'd change the season for them and that you'd pour out your spirit over them, that you saturate them in the presence of God and that you'd bring about goodness in their life. With that being said, I want us to go into a time of worship. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.